Hi, I'm Harry. Hi, I'm Rory, and welcome to Games on Film. Planning that. Did, that. did that sound like The Simpsons? That was meant to be The Simpsons. <laughs> I think we recognised it. In case you didn't notice, we're doing The Simpsons today. Yes, ho ho ho. <laughs> Which is the Bart Simpson's famous catchphrase. <laughs> no, there is a reason for this being our Christmas episode, because as we all know, uh, The Simpsons started... Well, firstly, the Tracy Ullman show, didn't it? But um, its first proper episode was a Christmas special called... Is it just... Simpsons roasting on an open fire? Yeah, just like that song. <laughs> so um, we decided to just have a bit of synergy today. We decided to do Simpsons and Christmas, Simpsons and video games, and video games based on The Simpsons. And uh, we thought we needed a Simpsons expert to come in. Rory said, do you know any? And I thought for a long, 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 long <laughs> long, long time. And then a, a Simpsons meme popped up on my fee- Facebook feed, and I said, "Oh, I know, Will Preston." <laughs> Hello. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on the show. No, my pleasure. You are the first guest we've had, which we're not related to by blood, <laughs> to our knowledge. Wow, what um, a sentence. <laughs> yes, um, you are a um, well. Actually, I did a little bit of a search. According to the old um, internet, uh, Will Preston is um, a Scottish author, editor, and Freemason. You also are a uh, an American lawyer, politician, and ambassador. I get around. You're also you were in Waterworld as the character Depth Gauge, who was the little fella in the boat. Um, oh, there were a lot of little fellas. There's a little fella in, 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 in Dennis Hopper's um, oil tanker. You were down in there. Um, so, I mean, why did you move from that into a comedy? Well, promises of land. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you found it we're here yeah. in your place in London thank you very much for having us yeah. over pleasure having you here feels very weird we're sat around a table but not <laughs> thanks, looking thanks at for, each other thanks for having us but it feels very weird <laughs> it feels very weird no, no, no that's a natural response I mean, it's actually quite good uh, we've invaded your home to talk about uh, The Simpsons mm. so I guess a good jumping off point is to is to really discuss where we all first encountered The Simpsons What what is a Simpsons? Are you, are you asking me for the Wikipedia entry at this point? I mean, I'm, uh, no. I'm sure you've memorised it already. Uh, no, because it's uh, wrong. Um, the, the Simpsons is a franchise. Is the correct term? It's as I said, it's a start off as a, some shorts on the Tracy Ullman show, but is what regarded as one of the most successful mainstream comedies of the 20th century. Mm. Because not not animated comedies, just comedies. Period. I, I would actually, at this point, considering the the, the amount the amount of money it makes for for uh, 20th Century Fox, I would say it's the most successful uh, comedy uh, television franchise. I mean, just trying to think of anything which isn't comedy, yeah. which is more successful. Exactly. Um, Coronation Street. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't don't know if anybody's described it as a franchise. The I don't merchandising know. rights aren't right. Multimedia spin-offs. I just Shows. like Ro- uh, what? Rovers Return Knights. <laughs> yeah. Would be a good one. The, with oh, I, I I haven't watched it in years. Imagine uh, there's a brothel just around the corner. 
I would see a whole late night series set in Coronation Street's resident brothel. And, and every so often, what? one of the main characters would pop in to just, you know, try their luck, I suppose. Well, like Norris. Norris, I, yeah. I, I, just, I just want to have a quick one, please. <laughs> yes. How much can I get for 50p? <laughs> um, yes, so... Yeah, so you've, you've aptly described The Simpsons, but what was your relationship to it? Because like I said, I, I saw you on the older stand-up comedy scene mm. and um, we became Facebook friends. It's not the same as a proper friend. Wow. Uh, <laughs> but um, I quickly knew we were kind of like on the same wavelength because you mm. kind of exclusively communicate in Simpsons shit posts. I uh, am addicted to that, I'm afraid. Um, Rich, memory butter. <laughs> It's yeah. spread over my crumpet of internet. I don't know where I'm going with that. We're very, very, very silly today. Um, you watched The Tick as well, didn't you? The Tick? Of course I watched The Tick. There we go. I recognise that um, one. Sorry. I think this is the third time I've asked this question. How did you first encounter <laughs> The Simpsons? The, the first, I think I remember as a child, it was always there. I was born in 1987, but the thing is, the first of a Tracy Ullman short was actually broadcast uh, in the same month I was born. And then, of course, two years later, 1989, Christmas, it, it became on TV. And I remember it around, say, the early 90s. Uh, an old friend of mine, uh, James, my oldest friend. Uh, oh, yeah. He, yeah. Oh, yeah, we know James. <laughs> yeah, James. We know James. James Beard, his name is. He, uh, he had some Simpsons VHS back in the day. And the thing is, this it was one of those things that popped up. I think we had some Simpsons mugs as well, and we didn't watch it really back then at that age. It was just more like a, oh, this is a recognisable thing, like, a, say, Mickey Mouse ears mm. or something. It's an American logo. And you say, you have, like, a Bart Simpson going, uh, don't have a cow man, eat my shorts, and think, oh, okay, I'm going to have that on the side of the mug. But I remember... Uh, I didn't really sort of watch, watch The Simpsons. Tried watching it, but I wasn't really interested but then I think when we first got cable, uh, 9X back in the day. Remember what? back in the... 9X? It was called 9X. What this... the fuck is 9X? Well, you know, you had Sky. You had Sky, and then you yes. had cable, which uh-huh. it then became NTL, and then it became uh, everything else. It was yeah, it was okay. this. It was called 9X back in the day. This right. was back in the mid to late 90s. I remember I was 10, and we got, we got it. I think it was 1996, something like that. And I remember looking at Sky 1 the first time and they're going oh the Simpsons are on tonight I was like oh Simpsons like you know that, that they've pretty much invaded mainstream culture which 10 year old me obviously said <laughs> and we uh, I remember watching it and I remember thinking you know as a 10 year old I was like this is really funny I, 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 I'm liking this I'm, I'm absolutely loving this and since then I've always been a Simpsons fan hmm. I mean we've got a similar story I suppose because um, hmm. Simpsons was very much cordoned off for a lot of my early childhood because it was on Sky and yeah. or on the satellite BBC God, when, I have no idea when BBC got it but it, they really crowed about it and it was back in that halcyon days when <laughs> um, the BBC got it because they used to show quality content at six o'clock and then mm. fuck knows what they show now oh, uh, at no. six o'clock but so I was aware of the Simpsons up until we got Sky and mm. I was really dismissive of it I was like I guess mate, partly because I didn't get it, didn't have it, mm. you automatically are like, no, it's, it's shite. What, what, what's the deal of them being yellow? It was like, it was a proper, <laughs> yeah. like, any, any sort of petty thing. Who's that sassy little boy yeah. who's always been, like, very rude? And yeah. He's got, he's got uh, what's it called? 
Uh, Attitude? Oh, a slingshot. <laughs> See, slingshot, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. always I mean, got a slingshot. He's always got his eyebrow mm. raised. I mean, one thing to consider what is that <laughs> when uh, The Simpsons started, Bart Simpson was the main character. Well, not mm. the main character, but it was definitely the one all the merch ho- uh, was hooked around. Yeah. I mean, it would be yeah. strange if like a 10-year-old boy had a backpack of a... Middle-aged man. Yeah, well, it's just like sort of a grown, bald Mm. man just on their lunchbox. But as (laughs) as they were feeling around for Mm. the characters, Homer became more of the star. Yeah. And I I feel it's more just to do with the fact that writers really enjoyed writing for him. But I, I distinctly remember, distinctly remember my very first Simpsons episode, which was Mr. Plow. Oh. It's a cast iron classic. And then I really remember the, my first ever image of The Simpsons is when Barney Gumble is standing in the street in a nappy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then his nappy gets whipped off by the wind. <laughs> and then he chases it. And I thought, this is genius. <laughs> um, this appeals to me on so many levels. So many <laughs> levels. Um, but... I, if the Simpsons was sort of subversive. It was a bit punk back mm. then. Um, it seems really quaint now to feel how it was viewed in a sort of anti-authoritative level that South Park was later viewed as. And I mean, we know that The Simpsons is a big mega franchise now, but mm. it's hard to even I don't know put into uh, as a means of comparison just how big it was right from the get-go at mm. least from say 1989 to 1992 three or whatever it just seemed to be omnipresent at least amongst like friends of mine and and things like i just remember everyone had stickers and you'd have the bartman on top of the pops <laughs> oh, i've got, you know, I've the got single and... a guilty love for the bartman uh, that, that almost disappeared the bartman i think that that was you have to really search for the bartman yeah maybe. deep deep trouble is the oh um, i deep, deep is the superior <laughs> this is a superior simpson single oh <laughs> god yeah that was the other one i found um, on youtube but yeah it was just it it was a real cultural mega force and this was despite the fact yes like we didn't have sky and it was mm. took a while for it to come onto terrestrial tv but you were just aware of it i guess this is a good point to mention like how much i love the simpsons has has gone on because there is definitely the question of it's golden years versus what came afterwards and, oh, yes. and as I, I always say we are we are lovers not haters on the older uh, podcast but um I think it's it's quite telling that both myself and Will don't own any DVD Simpsons box sets from beyond season 10. And actually, mm. I personally I think the last one I have is season 8. It's nothing to do with any great snobbery. I mean, maybe Will is a, a disgusting snob. Um, <laughs> but um, I look at the episodes from 9 onwards, and there's some good stuff. Mm. But I didn't think there's just enough to qualify a, a purchase... They did just air a new Christmas special mm-hmm. uh, called "Tis the Thirtieth Season." Oh god! So they're still they're still <laughs> doing Christmas specials, mm. and The Simpsons is still being made. But yes, you're talking. You've got DVDs seasons one to ten, and they're on season thirty. So there's twenty seasons where I mean, well, if you've been collecting the DVDs, will. When did you maybe start to stop watching The Simpsons? Or do you still watch it now, even? Do you well, try and catch up? I, I did. 
Oh God, um, this, this 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 could be quite long. So just kick me <laughs> under the table if I go. I, I, we can edit it out. We can edit it out. That's fine. Uh, when I first uh, when I was watching it, like new episodes every Sunday at six on Sky One, I was watching uh, up until I would say near towards around the turn of the millennium. But the thing is, around that time, you also you got to remember you also had uh, shows like South Park and Family Guy running. Mm. And those sort of drew me away from The Simpsons because they because The Simpsons was already past its peak that was going downhill, and mm. these were shows that were up and up and coming and you know climbing towards their peak. So I got distracted, and uh, I would tune every now and again to The Simpsons. But what I realised is the later episodes after the golden period were just uh, the jokes weren't great. They were just doing pop cultural references for the sake of pop cultural references. Mm. I think there's this phenomenon mm. of I don't know the correct name, but it's something to do with Homer. It's like Homer's stupidity is a good barometer. Yes, and that's something I want to talk about in this upcoming episode. But mm. I think when The Simpsons started, it could have been a live-action sitcom, mm. and the writers were instructed to always include at least one or two scenes which could only be in animation mm. um, to justify it being an animation. But at the end of the day, it had a sort of flexible reality and, and Homer was just your average Joe, just trying to be the, the best dad he could be, the best husband he could be. But, and, and he was just not the brightest bulb in, in the box. But as the series went on, and I think we see bits of it in this episode we're going to talk about, where he just only functions as a weird comedy creation <laughs> One bit I want to talk about in the upcoming episode is that there's a scene when uh, a voicemail is left for him, which is the song Hello Mother, Hello Father, Here I Am at Camp Granada. Mm. And he immediately says, Marge, is Lisa at Camp Granada? Which is a fucking hilarious joke. I love it. But at the same time, if you step away from it... He doesn't recognise his own daughter's voice. (laughs) (laughs) Again, it's... um. You know, it's a flexible reality. So, I mean... I but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's to serve the joke, and it's too good mm. a joke not to do, and it makes sense that he's the character to do it. It's less the things he says, it's more the things he does later on, I think, which maybe sees the rot set in. The Simpsons seem to start reacting to things like Family Guy, which I thought was great when it started. And when, it, mm. when Family Guy was cancelled and it came back, it became sort of a little bit desperate. And mm. it's perfectly good background telly. But Peter Griffin himself is kind of a nasty guy. Yeah. And I think yeah. Homer is that as well. And I have to admit... I've not properly watched it in some time. When I watch him, I'm like, yeah, this is the sort of show The Simpsons used to take the piss out of. It's quite sad. I'm I'm waiting for the day when they finally say they're going to cancel The Simpsons. And Um, there's always, you know, cast members saying, oh, we're going to quit. And then mm, they they come back because they still get paid loads of money. They've recently fired the composer for seemingly no reason and i'm sure there's some backstory to that but it it was a firing not an end of contract yeah they fired him so either he said something horrifically racist homophobic or sexist (laughs) but it just seemed to sort of gives a bad taste in the mouth when somebody's been working for how long is it 30 years thereabouts is suddenly fired for no good reason so what I'm saying is that I'm waiting for the day for The Simpsons to be cancelled. Oh, I believe me. feel that might never happen. I think I think when one of the main cast dies, I think if Dan Castellaneta 
passed away, yeah. that would be the end of The Simpsons. It would be Dan Castellano, Harry Shearer, or uh, Hank Azaria. Any mm. of those three go, the show has to end, I reckon. Mm. They're the holy trinity of voice actors. Do you think there'll be sort of a Joey-esque, half-hearted spin-off show with just one of the characters? Here's Marge! Oh. Here's Marge! <laughs> no, I, I, I think they should really just respect it for what it was, because yeah. it's, been, it's, it's done. As, as George Harrison said on The Simpsons, it's been done. <laughs> it's been done. We last left Bart Simpson battling Headley Space Mutants and acclaims best-selling video game Bart versus the Space Mutants. And now it's Bart versus the World! Wow! As Bart Mania continues to spread. Move the lawn. I got better things to do. And now, portable Bart Mania in Escape from Camp Deadly for Game Boy. Bart Mania now comes three ways for your NES and Game Boy from acclaim. We've talked, obviously, about our relationship to The Simpsons, but as we mentioned earlier, it was proper Simpsons mania in the mm. early 90s, and mm. um, that resulted in a great many Simpsons games. I researched the number of video games which have been based on The Simpsons, and in, in 1991 and 1992 alone, there's just so many, mm-hmm. and they're all platformers, and... I guess this is one of these big topics that we talk about on the podcast. It's weird that they look at The Simpsons and they think the best thing to do is to have Bart jumping on people and <laughs> shooting people and killing people. All the sort of things. I mean, I am a big... Well, he's a stallywag. Yeah. Sometimes he he's on a skateboard. You know, what would be the perfect Simpsons video game? What would, what would constitute Simpsons in video game form? It's It's kind of... A hard thing to even conceptualise. Well, I would argue that South Park got it right with the stick of truth, where what they did was they made a video game that made you feel like you were in an episode of South Park, hmm. uh, and it and they did it in the style of an, of an RPG, of a turn-based hmm. RPG hmm. with story elements and di- lots of dialogue. But the funny thing was, when they did this, the writing for the series at the time, suffered because they were putting all the writing effort into this video game because the right, the dialogue and the jokes are amazing. But the seasons of South Park took a dip and then got better after the game uh, right, was okay. released. Um, I think The Simpsons should do that. Uh, I mean, in terms of the games that were released, so as you said, there were lots of early platform games for you know Nintendo and Game Boy, stuff like Bart versus the Space Mutants. That was uh, my f- one of my first forays into The Simpsons properly. It oh, was. really? Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll tell you in a sec. But, I mean, they did The Simpsons game, hmm. uh, which came out in uh, 2007, around about the same time as The Simpsons movie. Hmm. What they've done with The Simpsons, as you say, is they've just stuck The Simpsons in lots of different video game genres. It's yeah. like this is The Simpsons doing It's like a Simpsons racing. wrestling game, this is which the seems Simpsons really doing... perplexing. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've played that. It's I horrible. Mean, <laughs> I, watched, I mean, I watched some video footage of it, and there's Barney Gumbel beating up a 10-year-old boy. <laughs> <laughs> and it, just, it seems like slightly weird. Yeah. yeah. But did you play The Simpsons game? Because I guess if it's called The Simpsons game, maybe mm. this is the most Simpsony Simpsons thing. No, I, I didn't, but I know it. Okay. I, I often got The Simpsons game confused with Simpsons Hit and Run uh-huh. because they both had that free, the free mm. d cel-shaded, free-roaming aspect to it. And yeah. Simpsons Hit and Run was like, people like Grand Theft Auto, people like The Simpsons, why not combine them both? Like, Which yeah. was legit good, though, yeah. don't, don't you think? Because I didn't play the Simpsons game, but Simpsons Hit and Run 
played quite a bit of and enjoyed that a lot of the gameplay was actually pretty decent and mm. it had some and you could be free roaming I mean you got to Springfield. explore Springfield yeah. yeah yeah. I mean that was the fun to see what Homer's drive to the quickie mark might be I mean I guess the closest <laughs> thing before that was maybe yeah. virtual Springfield I remember that I remember um, that very well. that was just walking around Springfield. There's and a few I guess games that's... like that. I think there's a Beavers and Buttheads version as well. Yeah. I, I remember the Beavers and Buttheads. I, I, I used to play a fair amount of Beavers and Butthead games. I was a fan back in the day. But Virtual Springfield was just basically, you would go to locations and it would just be some animations. Mm. And that would be it. One game I did play, I say game... Similar time to Virtual Springfield was Simpsons Cartoon Studio, which oh. was the CD-ROM package where you were had pre-made animations and mm. pre-recorded dialogue, and then you could create your own shorts yeah. based on them, which were usually incomprehensible. Yeah. All I can remember was a lot of using the line, I don't know whether it was Kang or Kodos, but one of them saying, you all toil in our underground chocolate quarries. <laughs> and that was just, I included that in almost every animation I did. And now you're going to direct Toy Story 4, aren't you? <laughs> yep, yep. I, I showed know. them my Simpsons cartoon studio offerings. And real. It's all perfect. We'll take you. Yeah, that mm. was in that weird period where you had a PC, you had... No, you, you want to do something on it, yeah. so you might as well animate Simpsons for a bit. That what was it? Uh, three cartoon studio software on PCs back in the nineties mm. was the thing, wasn't it? You would just have like preloaded. I used to do a lot of that. Things are boring when we were kids, weren't they? <laughs> <laughs> um, what else? I mean, the magic of I remember Bart versus the Spate Mutants, and I rem- I actually think I played that on an emulator quite recently, and mm. fucking. Fucking atrocious. It, I, I had it on the Amiga 500. I had to actually wow. wait for discs to load to play that. God. That's like sadomasochism. It's like <laughs> punishment and pain and pleasure. Yeah, but it did this wonderful thing that a lot of 90s video games did, as with the episode we're going to discuss, was overuse of voice samples. So the Amiga 500 used voice samples quite a bit, and you had this little intro movie and then at the beginning, like you have Bart Simpson going, "Um, name's Bart Simpson. Who the hell are you?" And and, if, and, and every wow, and every time you died, he go, "Eat my shorts." And it was like, "Whoa, man, technology!" Imagine dying and saying, "Eat my shorts." That's sort of like a ferric victory there. Oh, they're gonna eat my shorts off. Pull my shorts off my corpse. <laughs> I'm going to eat you, young man. do it as you do. That's what you do. If you kill someone, you have to do exactly what they told you to do in their last that's words. Exactly, that's, yeah, how exactly. it works. that's how it works. It's a contract. Yeah. Oh, I've got to eat his shorts now that I've murdered this small boy. Um, I guess flash-forwarding to the most recent game, I think it's called Simpsons Tapped Out. Oh, I had that. It's horrible. Is it now? I heard it was mm. all right. But when you grow up, you tend to have, if you're like us, you tend to have a fandom. Mm. Could be start my I like Star Trek. Mm. We obviously like Simpsons. Rory likes broccoli. Broccoli. <laughs> and you you search for Google. You search mm. you search the games and you find a Star Trek freemium game. Mm. And it doesn't really do anything different from any of the other games. But you just get the visuals and the sounds yep. that you like. I mean, this Star Trek game, I never paid for it. I think it's called Star Trek Trexels. Mm. You made, you built an Enterprise, and in Simpsons tapped out, you build a Springfield. In the Broccoli game, you build a broccoli plantation, <laughs> uh, I imagine. And you just get these sound effects you recognise. Every time I built a room, I'd get a boop, 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 boop. And it's like, hoo, 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 Star Trek. But it's quite a hollow. I got the, I heard though about the Simpsons 
tapped out was pretty good. But you say, I mean, how far did you get in that? Then? Well, I, I got a little bit far, but I th- I, I'm going to say not very good because it's a freemium game. Uh, this is the horrible thing with mobile games: is you got to find the ones that aren't free. But you've got to bother. You've got to pay a fiver for it, and you get the whole game. You go, yeah, I'm going to play this. Not like um, these ones where you go, oh, it's totally free to pay, but uh, you have to spend a week doing anything. But mm. if you pay five pounds per week, you can do more things. It's like, no, it's a, this is not gaming. This is a horrible subscription. Best Simpsons game, then, I, I think? Personally, um, Hit and Run. I mean, I've not played a massive amount, but not only was it fun to walk around Springfield, it really felt like an actual virtual world. Being able to drive a night boat, the crime-solving boat, <laughs> um, was a thrill. But what about yourself, Will? Did what do you think? Oh, I, I haven't played too either. But I remember one uh, to me by surprise back in the early nineties, in the days of Blockbuster, mm. when my dad would take me there every now and again. And um, if you were good, if I was good, nah, I didn't pay attention. <laughs> uh, no, it, it, one of them was for the Mega Drive called in the early 90s in the golden age of Simpsons video gaming called Bart, Simps, uh, Bart Simpson's Nightmare. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It was a very weird one. It was very overlooked. But what I liked about it was you were in a nightmare. Bart, Bart's like, oh, homework's in for tomorrow and he, he goes to sleep doing his homework and which is a very unlikely situation in The Simpsons mm. and he sort of goes into this nightmare but he's walking up and down a, a surreal David Lynchian version <laughs> of the street but every now and again, he can enter in a mini game to like get his grade higher the next day. Oh, and all right. these mini games like involve like he's Godzilla in one, he's a superhero in another, he's he's doing this. And it and I thought it was just like this is for for its time, for its limitability on the Sega Mega Drive. This was a really good game. Yeah, pretty trippy concept. This it, it, it existential. Gets, it gets existential <laughs> and subconscious. It's really good. It seems oh, weird though that he's trying to get a good grade because apart from. The iconic episode, Bart gets an F. He never seems really to care. <laughs> I mean, we've not really answered this question. This has been a very pointless 10 minutes talking about the perfect Simpsons game. That's podcast, um, baby. <laughs> <laughs> just trying to think, maybe it's just a, a property which should be left alone in video games. Well, I mean, it, I, yeah, I would say Hit and Run was the one I enjoyed the most, but um, the Konami... Simpsons arcade game. Oh, as God. Well. versus the world. I was, I was tempted that to was, say that one. That was good fun. I mean, it's, it's a button masher side scroller, but mm. the animation, you know, is, yes. is, is good, and it's. He I says, think... he says, dull when he gets hit. <laughs> he doesn't say so poo or mint. <laughs> How did they manage that? No, but it was very much in the mm. ter- Teenage Turtles arcade mold, wasn't yeah. it? And, oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. And um, that was. I mean, the whole family could gather around that and have some fun. I mean, again, mum, it's, it's... mum would play Marge, Dad would play Homer, you would play Lisa. Thanks. Because <laughs> I'm the younger one. Yes. But I think the, yeah, I, I, again, it's a case of just slap the Simpsons onto an existing game genre or formula. But, you know, Marge it's a good fam- formula. Marge is famous for beating her own children. <laughs> no, but she's beaten everyone else up. True. It's not against... They're not fighting each other. Mm. Yeah, it's like a co-op game. It's it's, it's four-player co-op. I mean, four-player co-op is Mm. such an unheard-of thing these days. So as well as video games being based on The Simpsons, The Simpsons itself is dotted with quite a few video games themselves. The writers of The Simpsons are geeks. And so Mm. geeks like video games. It has been scientifically proven. And so, of course, video games are featured in The Simpsons. The episode we're tackling... It's jumping off point is a video game, but 
Looking further back into season one of The Simpsons, there is the episode Moaning Lisa, Mm. which is predominantly about Lisa feeling depressed, but the subplot is Homer and Bart (laughs) trying to compete in a fighting boxing game, which I feel is maybe influenced by... Uh, is it Super Punch Out? Or See, punch it was out? Yeah. on the nerds, yeah, Super Punch Out. Um, and that's a lot of fun because Homer just wants to beat Bart at a video game and he eventually goes to an arcade to. Do you remember arcades? Yeah, <laughs> I remember arcades, believe me. Um, to try and beat the boy. In the red trunks, with the record of 48 wins and no losses, the undisputed champ of this house, battling Bart. Simpson! And in the lavender trunks, with a record of zero wins and 48 defeats, oh, correction, humiliating defeats, all of them by knockout. Must you do this every time? Homer, the human punching bag, Simpson! Are there any sort of video games in The Simpsons itself which stick out to you? I mean, it's strange because The Simpsons has been on so long, so you can chart the progress of video games mm. through The Simpsons because from the start you have, you know, NES-style games like the boxing game you have, and then you have uh, Touch of Death Touch in of the death. arcade. Yeah. Touch of <laughs> Death is the one that sticks out because that, that sounds terrifying. <laughs> it's sort of, um, I remember watching Crocodile Dundee, mm. and he holds his fingers out to a ball to make it go to sleep. And I remember at school telling all my friends that this will put you off your game when you're trying to do the high jump mm-hmm. <laughs> in PE. And it became this sort of self-perpetuating myth because when any, if anyone was going towards the high jump and they saw me or one of my friends doing the mm. finger symbol, they would inevitably fuck up and so um it's a power of suggestion so i'm I'm, I'm just saying the touch of death feels incredibly real Mm, it's like it's the same reason why i don't say Candyman five times in front of a mirror i don't (laughs) want to chance it (laughs) you know Um, you don't want a man with bees in his mouth coming at you (laughs) oh god that's on the simpsons we'll send out the bees (laughs) bees of the dogs (laughs) and the dogs with bees in their mouth every time they shoot bees at you (laughs) But yeah, there's there's plenty of examples, like you say, in the arcades. Uh, I like it when they do games, well, video games based on films, like uh, Waterworld. <laughs> yes. You, um, you have, was 40 quarters. 40 quarters, <laughs> that's like $10 to play, and he walks one step, like, game over, please, and so 40 quarters. That's really what it's And uh, My Dinner with Andre, <laughs> which Martin <laughs> Prince is playing. He's like, oh, tell me more. That's such a niche reference, though, like yeah. because they know that... And there's a lot of people who watch this, watch The Simpsons who are fairly, I wouldn't say middle class, but affluent in terms sure. in terms of films and popular culture. Yeah. That that's quite classy. I mean, I think it would be remiss of me to not sort of mention sort of another podcast out there in the podcast sphere called um, Everything's Coming Up Podcast, <laughs> um, which is uh, two two ladies and often a high profile guest, like a Simpsons writer, talking about The Simpsons. I think one thing that was recently observed on that podcast is how, as time went on, 
the writers became people who were not influenced by pop culture before The Simpsons, but people who were influenced by yeah. The Simpsons. And so you get little niche things like Dinner with Andre in episodes where people had other stuff to reference. Mm. But nowadays, I mean, I think we, we all three of us even unconsciously quote The Simpsons day in, day out. Mm. So, yeah, that Dinner with Andre thing definitely came from the pre-Simpsons era of pop culture references. The evolution of video games, you know, you can chart mm. through The Simpsons, because then later on you get Lisa playing Dash Dingo oh, as a sort of Crash Bandicoot style pastiche and getting sort of addicted to to playing playing that on mm. clearly a sort of PlayStation light. But then, you know, you still have stuff like, um, sorry, Donkey Kong, you're not a drawer anymore. anymore. <laughs> and he throws a barrel at it. You still got it. Yes, <laughs> that's a good point of reference. I, I view The Simpsons as, as landlocked in my era. So if I do watch a Simpsons episode and they're using a laptop or a widescreen TV, I am properly freaked out. I, saw, I think oh. I saw a picture of um, the latest episode, the, the Christmas special, and I'm pretty sure it's got Bart playing a Nintendo Switch. And mm-hmm. I was like, that's not right. <laughs> he should be playing a, a I mean, Nintendo you, with a joystick or something. Can you imagine Homer? I mean, Homer, if he was a real person, would have a smartphone. But if Homer whipped out a smartphone in the show it would break my ba- brain it would be like watching like a red bull cinema advert and it not being that fucking format of the wiggly people and yeah. the shitty joke if, i mean it, it just doesn't work i don't know what i'd do on, on, a, on a slight tangent like that the thing is because they'd be going somewhere and they start to retcon um they managed to retcon it so much that homer in his younger days before they had kids formed a grunge band in the nineties. In the nineties and you're like No, no because they, 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 they grew up in the seventies. Principal Skinner oh, can't f- possibly have served a Nam anymore. Which is such a cornerstone of his character. Apart from that He's time when brilliant. He, t- he turned out not to be that character and they sort of quietly ignored that. Armin Tanzarian. Oh, oh shit. Up yours, children. <laughs> oh my god. I think even the creators realised that was a bad move and they, they ignore that. It's a famous quote in The Simpsons, stop, stop, it's already dead. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, yeah. Any other video games um, as featured in The Simpsons? Well, actually, a virtual Springfield had a version of Doom, oh, where you played okay. in the Quickie Mart. Okay. And it actually had, um, you know, the bottom bar in the Doom game? Mm. You had the key to the Quickie Mart toilet as a key. But you had the shotgun, and Apu's face was doing the same sort of face <laughs> as the Doom guy. And like, all we had was a shotgun, and like you know, and uh, like Jimbo, Kearney, and everybody were coming yeah. at you, and you'd kill them with the shotgun. And they'd like blood get everywhere, and be like, oh, wow. and then at the end you have the BFG nine thousand with all these rockets attached, kill them at the end, and it was just stupid. Wow. A shootout in the quickie mart. Yeah, Delight- delightful. Yeah, <laughs> little shout out to we don't see it in action. But I do like Disemboweler 4, the game where condemned criminals dig at each other with rusty hooks. That is a very good description. That was in um, was Home of Bad Home Man. Home of Bad Man, another Baby fantastic yeah, episode. Yeah. So the episode we're talking about today is Marge Be Not Proud. And mm. we watched it just now. I had a, oh God, I'm going to say a ruddy good time, which is full-blown Alan Partridge. Ruddy good time. It, it, um, it was but, a very quick episode. It feels very quick, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, I watched it last night, though, with commentary, and uh, I bring it up because they said in relation to Bonestorm, the game in this episode, and 
what was the game you just referenced? Disembowel of Four. Disembowel of Four. They were trying to make the games the most ludicrously violent thing you can think of, but in the commentary they're saying games today are even worse. Uh, more recent Mortal Kombat games where certain moves gives you a crash zoom into breaking bones and stuff. And oh, that's Mortal Kombat 10, I've got that. And yeah. the fatalities are sickening. But that's what you're here for. I mean, yeah. you know, I miss it. I like a good fatality. Ooh, these, these, <laughs> these make you feel ill. Um, <laughs> it's not fun anymore. But um, So Marge, Marge Be Not Proud is the episode we've chosen today. Yeah, it's the first Christmas special episode of the simpsons since the original first episode yes um when was it broadcast i got here uh, december 17th 1995 okay mm. so, so round about christmas yeah which is good but that makes which is it, like oh my god what was it 23 years old 23 years old yeah uh, let's all, let's all years old reminisce that's really horrible all the things which have gone wrong in the last 23 <laughs> years <laughs> I did film at university I worked 8 or so years in call centres and now I'm here recording a podcast about movies based on video games progress progress <laughs> no um, I'm happy to be here I say through gritted teeth. Um, but yes, 1995. I hear through the commentary that this episode was... Your exclusive conversation with the yes. makers of this episode. You might as well listen just, to the DVD commentary. You might as well just listen to the commentary. Um, the writer of this episode was, a, was Mike Scully. And he says this episode was based on a real-life experience of himself. He said when he was 12 years old, he was caught stealing a 45-inch record. But this episode is more a bit of therapy for him because his parents never found out until ages later when he had an interview. So this episode was really based on what would have happened if his mum had found out. Yeah. But I feel oh. like what this what this episode captures... And there'll be spoilers for this episode. Spoilers. Spoilers for 23-year-old spoilers, Jesus. Um, I feel like what this episode really captures is the feeling that you get when you've done something wrong. Yeah. And you want to make it right. Mm. It has the same kind of that feeling in your stomach if you accidentally knock over a vase. Yeah. Or if you, if something, you, you accidentally break something... Um, but I think, yeah, it gets that real sense of queasiness, not in the terms of act of doing it, but also just how bad it will feel when people find out. And I think that's what's really quite remarkable to achieve in 22 minutes of goofy animation. Again, this is from somebody who hasn't watched Simpsons for a good long time, but it does feel Simpsons lost his heart a little bit. And mm. and what was really hits home with this episode, I mean, it's got some of my favourite Simpsons jokes ever, but I think why I love this episode so much, is one of my favourite episodes, is the mother-son dynamic between Marge and uh, Bart. So, uh, I mean, it really did hit home what you're saying there. It, 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 that always hit home with me because you know when you've done something wrong, that's hurt your mother. Oh, that's mm. never happened. Oh, you good boy. <laughs> Bullshit. But you, you, well, <laughs> you know, you, 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 you've copped up, and it was that bit where the where Marge is tucking Lisa away to bed, and then uh, Bart's expect to be tucked in, and then she just goes good night and closes the door, mm. and it's like, 
Oh, that's so cold. And I know how that feels when you piss someone off and they sort of give you the cold shoulder. And you, and you, you it just exuber- exacerbates the guilt. But on yeah. the flip side, it's not that Marge is being deliberately cold. It's more that she's processing it. I yeah. think she never really... It's that thing where you're a perfect little angel. I mean, Bart has always been a ruffian, but... You know, this is him breaking the law, and so she is just trying to process it, and it's it's really hard to watch Marge go through it as well. Mm. But before we go any further, perhaps I should read the uh, plot synopsis. Usually we do a DVD box, but here I've got the DVD. What do you fuck do you call this? Thing? I don't know. Pamphlet. Yeah, I would say pamphlet. Yeah. I mean, side side note, In I've got I've got all the Simpsons box sets up until uh, season eight. I got this season, season seven, in for my birthday, and it's literally the only one which is one of those Marge Simpson heads. So it's not the box; it's like a plastic head, and mm. the OCD in me. Oh, <laughs> fucking no, hell! I can't put that on the shelf. I'm just like it's just like box set, box set, box set, box set, Marge head, box set, box set. It really annoys me. I had, I was given the opportunity to get it back, but I was too, <laughs> I was too more mad keen to watch The Simpsons. So there we go. <laughs> now you're cursed with a Marge head forever. Forever. So, the synopsis. I, I, was, I was just reading down to the end, because sometimes, I think in the Family Guy box sets, they literally describe the whole episode. Seriously? So, so you, like, to the very end joke, and you think, well, I don't need to watch this episode Bloody now. How do they describe a Family Guy episode is that Peter remembers something that happened. <laughs> Pretty much. Peter um, makes an anti-Semitic joke. Oh, dear. <laughs> so, um, the Simpsons go to the local mall to get a family photo taken, but Bart is arrested for shoplifting. His, that's backwards. Yeah, we'll get to that's that. That's really sort of um, compacting the story. Yeah, mm. there's only three lines here. Bart is arrested for shoplifting. His mother's disappointment in him is extreme, and a dismayed Bart desperately tries to win back her respect. That's, That's such... not quite the episode, is it? Hmm. I mean, I think if I was looking at this inlay and I was like, oh, what's in this episode? It would remind me, oh, that's kind of that episode, but it wouldn't spoil anything that happened. It's strange. There's a picture of of Bart in this description. Is it signed Matt Groening? It just says Simpson. Question, why does, you might know, why does well, Matt Groening sign fucking every Simpsons <laughs> picture? Because he didn't draw it. I reckon it's a contract, contractual obligation. I don't like it. Did Actually, you watch um, Disenchantment, the most recent I did. Netflix? I, I, I thought it was pretty good. I, 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 I understand it's finding its feet and everything, but I mean, if you go back and watch the first series of Futurama, I don't think the first series of Futurama is that good. No, I think it's, I, I think Disenchantment's first season is better than Futurama. Yes, and I and I and I said that, and it's better. It's, it's definitely better than the first series of The Simpsons. And I got into such an argument about that. I was saying, no, no, Disenchantment's first season, a lot better than the others' first seasons. In 25 years or whatever, I'll come back and ask you. Oh, God, when it's been rinsed to death. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, Futurama went out so nicely. They should do that with The Simpsons. But, I mean, I actually was given a Futurama box set last Christmas. Mm. And I've yet to get to the latter half of the stuff I've not seen yet. So I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle of season four. And I'm waiting to get to those... The mini movies were considered, considered quite quite bad in some yeah, ways. Yeah, they were. But but I'll tell you what, when it came back in Comedy Central after it got cancelled, I've watched every single one several times over and I have to I'm gonna put my hands up and say, Oh my god, the writing is brilliant. Oh I the can't episode, wait. The episode where Fry joins the police. 
<laughs> is my favourite episode of Futurama. I don't think I saw that one. No. It oh, kills make me. it a priority. It's, it's, you know how, okay, we watched the Simpsons episode just now. You know how the jokes come thick and fast, thick and fast, thick and fast, yeah. and, and, and they're layered and layered and layered and layered. It's like that. It's like that kind of rhythm that uh, Simpsons used to have. And oh. this is after it got cancelled. This is after, you know, all this. And you're going, and it continues doing that. It, it's a, it's okay. seriously. Oh, that makes I'll me excited because I have to admit, because of my bad experience when, when Family Guy came back and it, it wasn't so mm. great. Yeah, I was a bit worried that it would have lost its groove, especially no. as the mini- as the movies were kind of shite. Oh, but, the movies were appalling. But oh, that makes me really excited. No, seriously, they got it back together after the movies. They were, and they went, and the last episode will make you, ooh, that's yeah, bittersweet I, I and very I cute. Saw, I think I saw the last few episodes, yeah. but maybe I missed something. Oh, sweet. yeah. It, 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 it's, it's a nice send-off, it was. But yeah. Mm. So... <laughs> mm. This is a Christmas episode, and they sort of sort of avoided doing Christmas episodes up until this one because they didn't want to f- people to feel like they're recreating the first episode. But mm. by by this is the seventh season, and by the seventh season, I think The Simpsons was properly established. And this disc I've got, disc two of season seven on DVD. Literally every episode of his disc is a classic. It is. I, I, I know it's King Size Homer there. That's King Size Homer such... kicks things off. On the very same disc, we've got the Simpsons 138th episode Spectacular, which included loads of oh. alternate scenes from the Simpsons. But they, they do make a comment on the shiteness of the reveal that it was Maggie who shot Mr. Burns. Mm. Where I think Troy McClure says something along the lines of, and then they discovered the baby did it. and um that's just fucking perfect um but also we've got uh mother simpson um where homer discovers his mum which i think Mm. was what glenn glenn close Close. Close, sideshow bob's last gleaming which is the one he tries to nuke springfield which okay that one i don't think is a terribly good sideshow bob it's all right so simpsons was definitely in its groove when this episode came out gosh where to begin we try to avoid beat for beat synopses, but this is only a twenty-minute episode. It's, it went by very quickly, though. It felt like mm. it felt very quick. Yeah, <laughs> the problem with a Simpsons episode is that you can just list off the gags. Yeah, but um, we got some classic Simpsons advertisements in uh, the very start of the episode because it, it advertises ILG selling your bodies. Is it fluids? Selling your body fluids after you die. After yeah. you die, and then. The cupcakes afterwards. Little Girl Scout cupcakes. A subsidiary of ILG. (laughs) But um, we quickly cut to our first video game reference of the episode, which is um, an advert for something called Bone Storm. Mm. And the, the advert starts with... Basically, Liu Kang from Mortal Kombat fighting a tank. <laughs> what a wonderful image. I, I, I think they, they've crossed it over with Street Fighter there. Do you remember in Street Fighter you had to beat up a car? Yeah. Yes. I think they've, they've crossed over with that. Yeah. yeah. yeah That's, sure. um, I've always wanted to beat up a car. <laughs> what, in like Faulty Towers kind of way? Actually, no, no, my bare fists. None of that. Yeah. None of um, that tree branch. Oh. Not a tree branch shite. Um, but interestingly, the kids find this incredibly boring. <laughs> because you learn this because they say the phrase boring and then in answer to their cry of ennui Santa himself in the form of a muscle bound Santa bursts through 
the wall and um, he exclaims, shove this up your stocking. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking excellent. And then Bazooka launches a cartridge of Bonestorm into their games console. I have to admit, when I think of Santa, this is often the Santa I think of. (laughs) Well, we, well, you know, you said like like the Simpsons, they had to make episodes like two scenes in, in them. They had to make oh, you can only do in a cartoon. The rest mm. of it, it'd be like a normal thing. If this was a live action show, that Santa would have been played by Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh my <laughs> god! It would have been like like stick this up your stocking. Ah, oh, <laughs> yeah, perfect. I I literally. It's funny you mention that. I recently watched a video of Randy Savage on Live and Kicking. No, um, he's, he's and, like, good when he's interviewed. Li- little posh little British boys asking him questions about how to achieve. This is you got to set your goals <laughs> and work towards them. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> and he was wearing the most fantastic pink and yellow outfits. Oh, and that, I literally thought that was hardcore when I was a kid. <laughs> it's really strange. Yeah, the Bone Storm is again is Mortal Kombat again effectively because it's really two Goros, the four arm bastard, yeah. but he's got six arms, so that's a more hardcore beating the shit out of each other. Where whilst I think blood and hands rain <laughs> from the sky. <laughs> It's a fair depiction of Mortal Kombat, to be honest. Pretty because much, it's pretty accurate. Because they had what they did was they did the typical three-layered thing video games used to do, where you'd have one field which was where you are, your characters mm. are. Then you had the background, the foreground. They used to like throw things down the foreground to make it look like, ooh, it's three D, but it's not three D. Mm. That's what they used to do as a trick. I mean, I think the advert for this ends with, is it buy me Bonestorm or go to hell? Yeah. And then that's literally the next thing Bart says to Marge. (laughs) And then Homer says, in this household, we say a little thing called please, (laughs) which is perfect. I think, did I I allude this? We talked about Homer Simpson earlier and his stupidness. So yeah, I think this is very much on the cusp. Because I think he still functions... He would function as an actual human being of society, but there's definitely some some ripples of where he would end up going. Well, I think with this episode, it's... As you say, it's very much a Marge-Bart relationship focus. Mm. So Homer is mm. a little bit on the sidelines, and he's there predominantly to deliver all the gags that they can't necessarily do in their particular, you know, emotional story bubble. And this episode in particular is heavily front-loaded with gags, you know, from the start. Mm. Like, up until the big sort of shoplifting incident and it gets emotional, but it's just, like, every couple of seconds, there's something laugh-out-loud funny. I mean, talking about Marge for a moment, I feel, as an adult now, Marge is my favourite character. Oh, interesting. She's definitely a character you think is just a bit boring when you're a kid because it's Bart is when you're a kid Bart is you Mm. and then when as you get older Homer is just he's obviously the fool he's the silly one but 
there's something about Marge's kind of positivity and lameness um, <laughs> that really appeals. And some of my favourite, I guess, in mean, comedy at its core is when the unexpected happens. So when Marge says something, I think there's a scene in one episode of The Simpsons where they allude to the water being spiked. And then oh, if we yes. cut to Marge in the kitchen <laughs> drinking water, it says, oh, the curtains are melting again. <laughs> and this is a microcosm of insanity in the average housewife's life. I think it's far funnier than silly Homer doing something silly. It's almost like tapping into when uh, Lord Housewives used to take amphetamines back in the 50s or something and they'd end up having side effects. <laughs> you know, the amphetamines and drugs and stuff were used to take by housewives as a slimming tool. I and didn't it, know it, that. There was a slim, it, was, it, was, it was a side effect. I'm going to ask my mum. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 okay, this is a more an American thing, you know. Okay. You know, and they're like, oh, let's take a, let's pop a Valium, and like, oh, here's a slimming drug, and it's mm. basically speed. I did not know that. And, okay, obviously speed isn't a hallucinogen, but it's that kind of, same kind of like, mm. oh, the house the housewife's going a bit mad again. I mean, it's late, like, oh, she's probably on her medication. It's like, no. Late, at the very end of the episode, Marge says that she spends 23 hours a day in her house, and that does, I suppose make you wonder what she does of herself because mm. there's obviously the cleaning and the tidying and all that stuff but in her downtime maybe she's well into her drugs <laughs> <laughs> into the drugs it's such a crazy heightened world that Marge being ever so slightly more um, down to earth I just think makes it funnier basically and as the episode goes on the second half of the episode is, is definitely dealing with Marge processing this, this new world order where her uh, special little guy is not perhaps as innocent as she's always thought so um, mm. yeah i'm a big fan of marge here because uh, marge doesn't respond to his demand for the game very kindly and so the next bit of the episode is bart desperately trying to get hold of well just lamenting the fact that he doesn't have bone storm oh he passes millhouse's <sighs> house and, Mil- and we get oh, this is a this episode is chock-a-block isn't it of iconic spits what, what is Milhouse doing? Well, he's starting up his game and he says, This game is great. I've only just done it in my name. Thrill House. And what is depicted on the screen? Cut to screen. Thrill Ho. <laughs> now, if you're a member of Simpsons shit posting or any Simpsons memes, that's been done on so many games. In fact, I think Final Fantasy VII, someone entered, like, so, this game's great. I've only just entered my name. And it's like Cloud's character. It says Thrill How. <laughs> I'll be surprised if any of us haven't played a game under the name Thrill How. <laughs> and I'd be surprised if anyone hasn't should have been anticipating a game and know what they're going to call their character and then they can't fucking fit it in. See, kids these days, they don't know what it was like trying to come up with a name in the arcade when you only had three characters to, well, to complete. Well, obviously you put your initials, but that's boring. Was it poo or ass? I, I did, a, <laughs> I did a, in a theme park, I think I called myself Thrillium. As a sort of a, <laughs> as a nod to Thrill House. Yeah. yeah. Um, when I returned to The Legend of Zelda: a Link to the Past recently. Oh, classic! And I had forgotten I'd called my character Damn It, and so for a good <laughs> long time, I thought everyone in Hyrule was just sweary as fuck. I thought like, oh, it's you, Damn It! <laughs> it's like what? And it was with a lowercase D as well, so it really just seemed like part of the part of the conversation. And then, uh, do we want to talk about the little comic book guy scene? Oh, yeah. Bart sees in the window, you can get Bonestorn for 99 cents. It turns out that's the rental price. Do you remember renting 
like NES games and things back in the day. Um, I do. Blockbuster video. I, yeah, I, mean, I do. One point of interest is Bart is wearing a purple hoodie in this sequence. And in the commentary, the writers say, whenever the Simpsons are wearing unusual clothing, that's usually coming into play. And later on, he hides mm. the game within the purple hoodie. So he ends up in Try and Save. And uh, I love the name Try and Save as a, as a supermarket. It's like a, a threat. <laughs> Just try <laughs> and save. You bastard. Um, What's the name of the company in Wally? Is by like, and large. By and large. By and large. Oh, God, I've got mm. about that. And I think Bart is thinks to himself, if I stand next to the display and look sad, will someone buy this for me? Which I can empathise with. Have <laughs> you ever shoplifted? Well, I was going to come to... I have never shoplifted but I might have stolen things <laughs> <laughs> embezzled or no so 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 like shoplifted but for, not from a shop show so shall we uh, from people's houses is it watch out time? Will uh, <laughs> oh I've never done anything like that um I might have taken money from my parents I remember going on to holiday in Cornwall and there was where we were staying had the electricity was done by a by a meter, so you had to put pounds in, and I might have taken one or two pounds from that old So uh, you, you robbed us of electricity. I did. And the way I, I, I cunningly masked this was that I took this pound to the beach and making sure I was in full view of my parents, I "Quote unquote," discovered the pound in the sand. Oh, I ran, like it. That's and like... ran over to say, "Look what I found!" And I'm sure my mum was like, "Bullshit, mate! <laughs> <laughs> you, f- you fucking stole that. You don't think I counted how many pounds I brought?" That's a really all. ballsy move for a criminal to be like, "I do declare." It's like the murderer saying, "Look, a dead body. How did that get here?" Oh, yeah. but that's that's a good red herring though, because it's like you know you, you've covered yourself <sighs> with a red herring. So that's now out on the internet. I'm sorry, mum and dad. Gonna be very sad this I Christmas. Sh- <laughs> Luckily, this episode's coming out on Christmas, so they won't have heard of it. Won't have listened to it before my, we bought my Christmas presents. <laughs> Otherwise, it'd be like, no, you stole two quid in Cornwall back in the late 90s. So, gosh, I was definitely given some nostalgia feels about the display of the video games. Because I do remember going to Toys R Us. Mm. and R.I.P. Toys R Us. R.I.P. Toys R Us. Yeah. Where um, the games were kept behind this sort of plexiglass of holes in it. Oh, I remember that when they hung, they used to be hung up. I remember having a broken arm. You as tried a, to steal something. No, from as a, I broke my arm. <laughs> and as, a, as a treat, I was bought Mario Brothers 3 and it was behind this display. And my mum literally asked what the mum says in The Simpsons where like, she said, don't you already have this? And I was like, no, Mario Brothers 3 is totally different from Mario Brothers 1 and Mario Brothers 2. Yeah. It's a totally different game. And it is. And it is. Yeah. Um, but Bart observes this kid getting the bone storm and being really rude to his mum. And he goes, that must be the happiest kid <laughs> in the world. And I think we've all been there. I think we've all had a friend who's a little bit more well off and you sort of gravitate towards them a bit. Because yeah. they've got the cool stuff. They've got the cool stuff. We all had that friend. 
Uh, I wish I still did. Can <laughs> <laughs> I just uh, drive around in your uh, Lamborghini? Yeah. Uh... <laughs> But he, he also meets, um, I think, is it, what, what are the name of the bully characters? There is... Oh, he meets, well, he meets Nelson and Jimbo. And they uh, clue him into the fact that you can steal stuff. Four-finger discount. Four-finger mm. discount. I, I just love the fact he's got the replica of this vest underneath <laughs> his vest. Yeah, he it's reveals he's, like. he's stolen exactly the same <laughs> thing. But, I mean, later on, he steals, what is it, a uh, wheel from a wheelbarrow? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, it's just perfect. But my favourite line in, in when he's he's talking to him, he goes, shoplifting is a victimless crime, like punching someone in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. It just, what kind of alchemy do they have in the writer's room where they came up with that? <laughs> punching someone in the dark. I don't have any idea. But if the bullies weren't enough... Random Italian handymen show up, which we can't call Mario and Luigi, but they're quite clearly influenced. Yeah, Bart's looking at the display case and he's got um, the equivalent of when you have like an angel and a devil on your shoulder, yeah. except they're all video game characters. So we've got Mario, Luigi, Donkey Kong, Sonic, mm. and also Lee Carvello. Who he's a fictional golf person. Yeah. Is I, he actually fictional? Um, I, I thought at, I thought for the longest time that this was Lee because Lee Carvello is the perfect name for a golfer. Yeah, mm. it just sounds like a nineties golfer. I was not aware it, it, existed. It, it sounds it, the thing is with the name is it's like it's half boring, half unexpected. Yeah. That's a good name for a sports for a sports yeah. person. I know, yeah, but uh, but uh, it's not a real golfer. No, I, so I, I learnt on the commentary and also did a bit of research on the old Simpsons wiki and it says that Lee Carvello's putting challenge is a, it's a thinly veiled reference to Lee Trevino's fighting golf. No, fighting that's, golf. Re- that's a really that's deep a, reference. I look at a picture of it it looks exactly the fucking same as the mm. game you see in The Simpsons. Fight what the flip is fighting golf? It's not crazy golf. Apparently, they approach Lee Carvello to Lee Trevino. Sorry, Lee Trevino to be in this episode, but because they're sort of a bit shitty about the game later on, mm. he refused to do it. Uh, or or de- declined. Refusing is a bit too uh, aggressive. But yeah, he decides to steal the game. He stuffs it in his uh, hoodie and he manages to get outside and he believes he has succeeded in stealing it. But fortunately not, because he is grabbed by the security, the store detective. Is it Don Broker? Is yeah, that Don right? Broker. Don, Don Broker. Uh, played by the uh, immortal, though long since passed, um, so, <laughs> not mm, Lawrence Turney, that's yeah. the guy. Or so, Tierney, is it? Tierney. Tierney. I don't know the pronunciation. You'd listen to the commentary. Yeah. <laughs> Just actually, skipping it slightly, we forget, I neglected to mention that within the display of video games, there are several other video games in one of the famous freeze frame Simpsons uh, site gags. Games included Save Hitler's Brain. <laughs> uh, that, that, that becomes a reference uh, in a previous episode, or was it Fighting Hellfish? I mean, back in the day, Nazis were figures of fun. (laughs) Now now, they're a chilling reality. Chilling reality again. 
which is underlined by another game called uh, Sim Reich. <laughs> really? Yes. I, I double checked that. It definitely is Sim Reich, which seems just wouldn't pass today. I'm sure, again, it exists in some terrible alt-right dark web situation. There is a Sega video game, which is ba- it's sort of like a strategy war game, I think possibly on the Mega Drive or something, but it does have Hitler's face on the front oh, of the no. game, as well as Winston Churchill and Stalin. But yeah. it is basically just like, ah, oh, you can be these... Great war leaders. <laughs> no. I don't think it made it out of Japan. This fighting golf is a Japanese game as well, I think. So. They'd have to put the word fighting on there, wouldn't they? Mm. Yeah. It'd be good if you just had a secret move where you could beat somebody to death with your golf club. Uh, I, I, I just want a golf game where you can actually get the ball in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's curious that they, they animate the whole thing. And it's funny, in between 1995 and now... 2018, Wii Golf happened, which was brilliant. Do you ever play mm. Wii Golf? Wii Golf? Yeah. yeah. I got it over there. Yeah. It's, um, it felt like proper golf. And actually, this... You as the golfer that you are. I know, pro golfer. <laughs> um, but... So anyway, Don Broca, voiced by Lawrence Tierney. He uh, grabs hold of Bart, brings him into the back security office. And uh, you were telling me earlier, apparently Lawrence Tierney was... Quite a handful. Well, yeah, not so much on The Simpsons. Apparently he was on an episode of Friends and they said he genuinely scared the rest of the cast. <laughs> and he was also in the film Reservoir Dogs. The thing is, though, he was actually quite a troubled person. Mm. Oh, God, he was just hard to work with. This is on the commentary. He was banned in Hollywood for a long time because he was such a mean cuss. Whatever that means. Um, even 50 years ago, people didn't want to work with him. I'm feeling they mispronounced that C word. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, to out of all the Simpsons guest stars, he was the craziest. I think yeah. they've had such they've had their heroes on there, and he was a hero for the writers. But he turned out to be kind of a shit, and um, he was brought to the recording booth the recording studio in a limo and a limo driver refused to pick him up again <laughs> so in the short LA drive through LA he had obviously rubbed the driver up in such wrong in such a way that he refused to drive wow. him back again but I think like in his performance what it's works amazing. is that it's, it's so deadpan delivering yeah. some of the silliest gags in the whole episode I agree it's a Fucking brilliant. He's one of my favourite guest performances. He's got such a gravelly voice. But he also was a man of his of a different time and he didn't understand the weird and eccentric 90s jokes. Apparently, um, one of my favourite bits is when he leaves a voicemail mm. for The Simpsons. He calls up and he has this completely one-sided conversation that you've seen a hundred times in films. And when he hangs up, he goes, they weren't in. Lawrence Tierney did not understand that in the uh, slightest. And to the point where they, they wrote alternate dialogue for Marge as if she was responding to him and then just didn't bloody, use it. Yeah, he was just bad. like, he just did not understand the, the humour of that scene. He was like, what the f... He's like, uh-huh. No, don't get it. That's it, Mr. Comedian. I'm calling your parents. <gasps> Hello, Mr. and Mrs. Simpson. This is Detective Don Brodka from Try and Save Security. 
That's right, Don Brodka. Your son Bart has been caught shoplifting. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a shame, I know, but... Well, try and have a Merry Christmas. They weren't home. Uh-huh. But I left a message on their answering machine. That's right. So knowing that, it's bizarre. Some of the other stuff he comes up with is really bizarre. Like, um, when he says capiche, but instead he, in, in Bart's fantasy, he says catfish. Yeah, or then later on when... He's like, well, for, you know, first they're stealing video games and, oh, and they grow up. At first they're stealing video games and then they're stealing... Stadiums and quarries. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I love that leap. The first is a leap like, oh, it's a, a big thing. And yeah. another big thing, <laughs> stadiums. And-, and there's the pause where the animators get him to just think, just a moment, what, what could be the next Yeah, what's level? equivalent to a stadium in terms of size that Even someone worse. can steal? But not too stupid. It has yeah. to be, can't be the planet Earth. It's going to be a quarry. So, yeah, I think he's a great, great character. It's a shame he never came back, but um, apparently. Understandable. <laughs> it's kind of understandable. There's a good uh, Troy McClaw oh, video, because we always. Uh, this always episode. Like a, yeah, it's nice to have everything. a Troy McClaw, mm. uh, Phil Hartman performance when Don Brodker shows Barter. Shoplifters beware, kind of. Uh, and like the history of shop shoplifting comes from someone actually lifting a shop, which is a really old joke. The old shoplifting game, yeah. but to see it depicted in all seriousness, just before we leave Troy McClure, it says, "And now we cut to ancient Babylonia." And you think, "How long is this video?" I like that because it's just like Jesus Christ. The whole history of shoplifting. Yeah. So Bart has to rush back to change the the answer phone message and does so just in the nick of time with a cassette yeah because homer says uh, we didn't have a message when we left <laughs> <That's> <laughs> odd <laughs> going back to uh, mike scully the original the writer of this episode um the literal same thing happened with mike scully the store detective called home but spoke to Mike Scully's younger brother who kind of forgot to mention it to the parents. There was... Mike Scully escaped and felt this sort of euphoria. And the same thing happens to Bart. He thinks he's scot-free until the next day because what happens? They're going to take their annual family portrait. Mm. At the same store. At the try and save. And I think with the the depiction of the Simpsons family in this episode is probably the Simpsons at them nicest. They're like, when they're on the way to the try and save, they're all really like... They, they're, they're positive about it. They're they, bonding with yeah. each other and Marge is really like happy and Homer is nice to Bart and is like carrying him on his shoulders. And... I, mean, I think a big thing about the Simpsons, especially in the early years, is, is trying to maintain the fact that they're a normal family. There's a Simpsons episode where they go to a, a Mr. Burns's sort of holiday family oh, event. That's a, that's a very early episode. And they are really trying to fit in, fit in seem normal. In this bit of the episode... This idea of taking a photo of the perfect family is means everything to Marge especially. She laments how all their family photos so far look ridiculous. I mean, why don't we just take another photo? Is there only one photo allowed a exactly, year? Exactly, yeah. But Bart is totally on edge because he's been told just yesterday not to not to show his face in the try and save again. But then just as the photo is taken, he is snatched by Brooker. 
And the tape is shown to Marge. And Marge is um, at first quite adamant that Bart would have never done that. Marge is completely devastated, isn't she? But the next scene has my perhaps favourite joke in all of Simpsons. It'll be in my top five Simpsons joke where Homer is really angry with Bart and goes, why do you think I took you to all those Police Academy movies? For fun? (laughs) I didn't hear anyone laughing. (laughs) <laughs> and that works on so many levels. Yeah. The fact that, okay, one, Homer took Bart to Police Academy with with a view that is an educational police movie. Two, he didn't recognise it as a comedy. And he took the fact that nobody laughed as evidence that... This was all serious. This was all serious. But the fact that he... What did he think was happening? What's the name of the of the voice changing guy in that? Michael Winslow. Yeah, Michael Winslow. The fact that he watched this shit and thought this is a police educational film. Well, he says, apart from that noise guy, mm. then he starts to reel off his own attempts. Honk honk. <laughs> and then he distracts himself and then goes, "Stay out of my booze." Mm. Out of my booze. Yeah. Um, <laughs> again, it's because this is going to be my only chance to talk about the simpsons in the podcast really apart from quote the simpsons mm. so many times in this podcast so far uh, another line homer uses is um my other favorite homer line is when he avoided he gets distracted reminds me of me <laughs> he gets distracted and goes oh bart what was i talking about and bart goes you were telling me how you avoided jury duty. duty. Oh yeah, the trick is to say you're prejudiced against all races. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just genius. I love that line. But anyway, Homer is gets distracted. Marge is sort of non-reactive. She's in a daze. And, you know, fair play to the animators, writers, director of the episode to, to, to have this contrast. And the fact that as, as Lisa points out a bit later on, Marge's reaction, her, her cold reaction, doesn't mean that she doesn't care. It means that she's utterly devastated. Mm. Yeah, it's the whole, I'm not angry, I'm disappointed. Mm. Oh, that's the approach. worst thing to say to somebody. Yeah. She, like, Marge is not sure what to do and is is confiding in Homer that like she just doesn't understand Bart anymore and maybe he's just grown up and that's how she approaches you know how to treat Bart from that on is just well clearly you know you don't need me anymore you're grown up you can make your own decisions and do your own thing meanwhile Homer who is apparently making notes in terms of Bart's punishment, <laughs> is actually instead doing a doodle of a robot cooking a sausage over a trash can fire. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it just, it's the way they smoothly go over that, like, you know, you're setting up like he's always writing a list and it just quickly cuts to it. And it's just like, it's just... It's I the can't... one image you do not expect. <laughs> no, I think the best thing about that, he's drawn what clearly is a robot, but has felt he needed to write robot in its chest. <laughs> I would love to see, I don't know the next Robocop film or something <laughs> where Robocop has Robocop written on his front. Like um, it, yeah. It's the redundancy of it, which I find it's, hilarious. It's the original sketch for Futurama, I think. But Bart is feeling a little bit lost without his Marge's... Mother's love. Without yeah, his yeah, mother's yeah. love. So, like, he goes to Millhouse's place <laughs> and Millhouse isn't even interested in Bone Storm anymore. It just reminds you of fads, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's really into his cup and ball. Do you think he's genuinely into it? Or he's trying to distract... No, it's Millhouse. <laughs> no, he hands it to Bart, doesn't he? You can take Bone Storm now. I don't care for it. it yeah. Millhouse is his moments where he wants to be the upper hand. 
Mm. It's really, really painful to watch because it's just like, no, Milhouse, don't be a dick. <laughs> he's kind of a very needy character, is old Milhouse, mm. and um, he's got this power over, but he's usually the the nerdy friend, but now he's got a little bit of power, and, and he keeps calling to his mum to get Bart out of the house, <laughs> which I think plays into an early episode because they have a real falling out at one point over the, the magic eight ball and Milhouse's mm. girlfriend, and... Uh, Oh, yeah, that's early on. Isn't it? That's very early on, but I think I always get the sense that Milhouse's mum distrusts Bart. But as soon as Bart says, "Can I do mum stuff with you?" that melts me. It's <laughs> so sweet and so genuine, and it really ties into everyone wants to feel like they've been good, but they rarely ask this because it sounds incredibly needy. If anyone wants to comment on this episode and tell me I'm good. <laughs> I would really appreciate it. Yeah. So please, on our, on the Twitter or the Facebook, just just tell me I'm good. Please. <laughs> Silence. Silence. <laughs> oh, I'm not good. Well, so Bart returns home as well after Mil of doing stuff with Milhouse's mum and the family's making snowmen. This seemed a bit over the line in terms of cruelty mm. because who would make a snow family? And say, oh, we, we didn't leave you any white snow. We left you some stuff under the car, um, the wheel arch. It's dirty snow. It looks terrible as well. I think that's sort of the cutting point. They, Bart says, they think I'm a black sheep. Mm. And I'll show him what a black sheep can do. Yeah, I mean, I think he realises that he needs to set things right. Yeah. And he marches into the try and save, returns home while Marge and Lisa are spraying the tree, make sure there's no green left. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he kind of walks in and he's got something hidden in his jacket and immediate suspicions that he is and as, as an audience stolen member, something again. I mean, we've seen this episode loads of times, but I do think I remember watching this episode and wondering what he's stolen. So I think it did mm. work in that first instance. Well, he's stolen our hearts. No. Oh. The thing is, when he says, like, showing what a black sheep can do, Simpsons have always been seen as a dysfunctional family, so he's doing the black sheep thing by trying to be more functional. <laughs> <laughs> so mean, it's, like a, it's like a double twist. He has taken a f has had a photo taken of himself at the try and save. Mm. I mean, it's a good thing that Don Brokaw didn't discover him. I was about to say, I think, I think, I think the damage was done. He, did, he felt like, ah, uh, he's less. I've destroyed this ten-year-old boy. <laughs> My <laughs> life is done. Uh -huh. My life is done. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. But yeah, gosh, it's a sweet ending, isn't it? It is. It is a, it's a nice ending. But I like the uh, little dent in it when he gets Lee Carvalho's putting challenge instead of oh, the present he wanted. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the sweetness culminates in. Bart's picture gets put on the photo frame mm. of that, that March taken earlier. When their family photo is taken, Lee Carvello grabs Bart. So you have Bart going like... Not, Lee, Car <laughs> no, not Lee Carvello. Not Lee Carvello. Doesn't come out Don of the realm and grab Bart. Yeah. Drag Bart, him in, kicking and screaming <laughs> into putting challenge. Bart being caught ruins the photo. So they place Bart's new photo on the picture, which, which writes the frame, which is at an askew angle and... It's a lovely visual representation that everything's right in the world. But as a reward, Marge gives Bart the present. All the kids are going gag, going, what is the expression, kids? Wild. Wild for. <laughs> Wild for. Um, he opens it and it's not Bone Storm. 
is Lee Carvello's putting challenge. So sweet of Marsh to think, but... That's what all the kids were, you know, that's what they said. I asked the person in the shop what the most popular game all <laughs> that, the kids were that, going for. That, that's, what, that's what parents used to actually do, though. They used oh, to, yeah. They actually used to ask the person behind the counter, what is the, pre- you know, what, 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 what game should I go? And sometimes people behind the counter would play pranks. You definitely get the impression that somebody, I assume comic book guy, because yeah. he, he says he's got an inordinate amount of... Oh. Lee Carvello putting challenge cartridges to yeah. shift. Yeah. You get the impression that the store clerk took the piss out of Marge. But Bart has really learned the value of his mother's love. So, of course, he takes this game in good grace and gives his mum a hug. But what's the equivalent for Christmas 2018? <sighs> Fallout 76. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I am a big fan of Fallout 3. In fact, my Xbox 360 is effectively my Fallout machine because I, I return to it every year or so. I can't believe how long it's been since I played Fallout and I just carry on. But apparently this new one is is the dog's inverse bollocks. <laughs> I, 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 in the meantime, though, I, I recently bought Fallout 4 VR edition. Mm-hmm. And my God, it feels like you're actually there. <laughs> You you leave the horrific dystopia we currently find ourselves in yeah. and are transported to a post-nuclear war. Where is Fallout 4 set? It's at Boston. Boston. Boston, Massachusetts. Perfect. But the thing is, when you're doing the game, it's like you feel more empathy if you're inside it. So it was quite harrowing when, when the nuclear bombs are going off. I mean, Fallout VR. Maybe maybe we'll tackle the Terminator franchise at some point because Bethesda, they made Terminator Skynet, which I had on the PC. Oh my God, I remember that. That was 1996, wasn't it? I thought that was not the same people, was it? Yeah, I was newly pubic. um, Oh, I love that game. (laughs) I remember getting in floods of tears when I saw a little pixely skull there's something about the MIDI music. The yeah. And I was in this bookshop. There was 2D Sprite Fire and a 2D Sprite Skull in like a 3D bookshop. And it really hit home. So it, it's, it, it's, uh, it, it gets, gets it, I can see how it's a Bethesda game because it's very free roaming. And it, it definitely showed the the seeds of what became Fallout. But yeah, I can I don't think I'll take up the Fallout virtual reality because I'll oh, I'll be just I'll be slitting my wrists by the end of it, I'd imagine. Well the the bit where you get to have a minigun and a power suit fighting a death claw was mm. intensely good. Not not devastating then at all. Or make didn't make you cry. Oh didn't make cry I felt like, oh my god, I'm alive. <laughs> <laughs> Not as good as Lee Carvalho's putting challenge uh, VR. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> uh, ball is in. Raider camp. <laughs> but this, this, this Lee Carvalho, out of an episode with so many iconic moments, the full Lee Carvalho gameplay experience <laughs> is, is up there. I mean... if it The problem is it's over the credits, so it's not wisely... Memeified or, or jiffified. Oh, trust me, it, it's oh, it getting is. there. Oh, a- anything from The Simpsons three to seven has been meme. Every every single bit's been meme. Um, it's got that wonderful. I mean, I remember sporting games on the N sixty four, and where 
like I think we played international superstar soccer. Yeah, 98. 98. Was, yeah, and the fact that the voice guy would have only... Tony Gubber. Would have only one intonation of England versus Paraguay. Yeah. Or something along those lines. And the voice acting is spot on. And my favourite bit is when at the very end of the game... Lee Carvello asks you to continue and he mm. tells the player, you have selected? No. <laughs> and it's like makes the whole thing sound totally redundant. It's, it's the same voice on the tube, isn't it? You know, because they only have one intonation. Mm. The next station is Cork Foster's. It's like <laughs> Walthamstow Central. <laughs> it's that same kind of like, you know, constructor sentence. Welcome to Lee Carvello's Putting Challenge. I am Carvello. Now choose a club. You have chosen a three-wood. May I suggest a putter? Three-wood. Now enter the force of your swing. I suggest feathered touch. You have entered power drive. Now push seven, eight, seven to swing. Ball is in. Parking lot. Would you like to play Again, you have selected no. But I feel, I mean, I've not watched Modern Simpsons, but this is funny, the Lee Carvello thing. I think I, I struggle to think of any humour that can be got out of the Simpsons tackling a modern day 3D multi, massively multiplayer online game. No, South Park did it <laughs> with their Warcraft episodes. Rick and Morty did it slightly with Minecraft. I don't know, maybe... Watch the space. Maybe I'll go off and seek out some Simpsons episodes revolving around modern day video games. And at this point, we usually say, what did you think of the film? But here we are discussing a 20 minute Simpsons episode. What did you guys think of Marge Be Not Proud? I think it's one of my favourites. I mean, it, looking at all the episodes in this particular season, it's kind of favourite after favourite after favourite. Mm. But I think this what this episode does well is that it has some very poignant moments, it has some very sweet moments, but it also just has lots and lots of just excellent gags. I mean, there's gags you remember being in the episode mm. because they're tied into the plot of the story or it's Lee Carvello's putting challenge. But there's also a few I just like completely forgotten were in this particular episode and the joy of re-watching The Simpsons as many times as you do is because it's just so loaded with gags that invariably there'll be one which tickles you more this time because you haven't thought about it in a while mm. and then you re-watch it again and then another gag you've forgotten will sort of come up I think before. I think for me, for watching that again, because I've seen him so many times, was, oh, he's a child now stealing video games, but see be an adult stealing stadiums and quarries. Yeah. <laughs> There's a bit when Homer and Marge are in the try and save, and Marge is uh, ogling this gold watch, and she says, oh, I'd love to have this. And Homer says, oh, maybe somebody will give you that for Christmas. And then in his head he thinks... Now she'll be really surprised when she gets that ironing board cover. Yeah. <laughs> and that joke could be in anywhere, but you just it's just an embarrassment of comedic riches, I yeah, think. And, yeah. and that is, as you, as you pointed out, mm. one of the issues of The Simpsons is is just trying to remember this this episode is when this joke happens. If you want, if you're thinking of a particular gag, you can drive yourself 
bonkers. Well, that's why you have the Frinkiac. Yes, that's oh, right. Oh, yes, Frinkiac is a fantastic tool of it's the, the internet. It's the ultimate, it's what the internet was made for, quite frankly. Exactly. It, 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 without it, shit posting wouldn't be possible. Yeah, mm. yeah. But I, I think in terms, in terms of video game depictions, this really captures a particular moment in gaming in terms of nostalgia, at least, you know, it, it was relevant, obviously, at the time, but... As you say, looking at how the games are displayed in the shops and the kind of games that are being, you mm. know, parodied in this episode and, and things. Violentist as possible. I don't know. It's it's nice to see and go back to mm. this period and, and think about that because I think often nostalgia things in, in video game movies or whatever, they think very early arcade stuff or they think very modern. But this yeah. is sort of in this, you know, mid-90s interesting console boom console boom mm. period which uh it was nice to see 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 again what do you think about this episode will i think it's a classic i i, I mean I, I watched a christmas episode of tv shows uh with my mum at over christmas dinner we usually watch bottom and peep show oh yeah it's not a christmas doesn't go by where i don't watch bottom you gotta watch i think christmas bottom is one of the things but i think i might make an argument for us to watch this one but i think this episode has everything you want from a Simpsons episode. It's got a heart. It's got wall-to-wall jokes. It definitely gives you a good tone of the Simpsons because the, it's the style of humour. Mm. I think there's a none more Simpsons joke than Don Brokaw doing a one-sided voicemail conversation. <laughs> us, I guess us three of us will be very surprised if you've not watched this episode or not ever watched The Simpsons before. But I would heartily recommend this Christmas period if your family's driving you fucking crazy maybe just go upstairs lock the door <laughs> <laughs> find your old Simpsons box set and watch Marge be not proud mm. so yeah that was a, a rare pleasure getting to talk about uh, something we love so deeply um, The Simpsons is of course a classic and this was a brilliant episode what's coming up next well we're going to kick the new year off with a bang as it's time to take on a proper classic in the video game canon. Uh, that's classic with a K. And uh, sure, yeah, why not canon with a K too? Yes, we've mentioned it in a few previous episodes and even referenced it on this one in relation to Bonestorm. It is, of course, Mortal Kombat. Um, in the meantime, though, uh, where can people find us? You can find Games on Film on Facebook. Facebook.com slash GamesOnFilmPod. We're on Twitter at GamesOnFilmPod. You can email us, GamesOnFilmPod at gmail.com. I'm on Twitter at Rory Steele. I'm on Twitter as OnlyManWhoCan. And uh, Will, are you on the social media at all? I'm all over it. <laughs> I am social media. Yeah, <laughs> you can find me, uh, yeah, just, just search Will Preston. And I also run a night called Comedy Cabin in Hoxton if you want to search that as well. Uh, yeah, can't think of anything much else to say. <laughs> well, probably a Simpsons quote or something, I'd imagine. No, it's been... these braces. It's... <laughs> no, it's been a pleasure. Dental plan! <laughs> oh, we... oh, God, we could spend the next 40 minutes just I, doing I, that over and over I and over again. I did that again. at a job once for the work chat. It goes on for ages. <laughs> no, it's been a pleasure. Thanks very much for coming on and, and being our uh, expert on all things Simpsons. Uh, <laughs> I guess that's really it for this year. So thanks very much for listening. Uh, I've been Harry. I've been Rory. And he's been... Will Preston. Thanks very much for listening. Take care. Merry Christmas. Bye. Bye. Bye.